Welcome to the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. I'm Adrienne Permar, the director of the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage. We're operating here near Athens, Georgia. I'm here with Mitzi Everett, my co-host and lead instructor. We'll be discussing some interesting topics in the massage therapy practice and sharing stories from our 30 plus years of combined experience in massage therapy. Welcome. We're happy to talk to you. Okay, welcome back to the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. I'm Adrienne Permar. I'm here with Mitzi Everett. Hi, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, and today we're going to be discussing our communication with our clients, specifically our scripting and our phrasing, so our actual talk and discussion with clients. I think that's, I think it, it's so important. Our The words we use have power, mm-hmm. and we want to use them for, for the good. Right, <laughs> use them for good, not for yes. hell, yes. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. The words that clients use about their own bodies tell us a lot, and the words that we can use in response. You know, if we can give them words, this is sort of not really an example about uh, good or bad communication necessarily, but the idea that if somebody says, oh, my butt hurts, and they're pointing at their glutes, (laughs) if we can give them the word glutes, now they can use that and it's not embarrassing for them. You know what I mean? Like if they're trying to communicate something to us, but they don't have the words, if we can give them a word, it's like, here, yes, here's a word for you. Yeah, we have to give them the language to use. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I use the word scripting and with my students in class, I actually will have them write scripts and practice the scripts because sometimes these things sound awkward and we want to make sure that we're, you know, saying them correctly. For example, when I'm teaching the um, postural assessment, Mm -hmm. okay, I've heard, and I'm doing an exam where the students have to do a postural assessment. I've heard all kinds of things like, I'm going to be touching you all over your body now. (laughs) And you're like, no, that is not the correct. So I will give them a script. I will say, you know, I'm going to be bringing my hands to your muscles and joints to assess for imbalances from side to side. Mm -hmm. We're going to be touching from your ankles all the way up to your shoulders and your head. Does that feel okay to you? Do you have any questions? Right. And it means the same thing, but it sounds so much more professional and it sounds so much more inviting something you want to say yes to than if you're saying, hey, is it okay if I touch you all over? Yeah. And they have no idea. People have no idea what that means. Why are you doing this? Right. How are you going to be touching me? Right. And we're not necessarily doing a podcast about consent right now, but my informed consent includes the client has to know what they're consenting to. So, and if you don't use the right language to convey that, then how can they give a, a consent to something they're not really sure about? Right. It's or, like, okay, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. You, know. you don't want your client second guessing what you're about to do and being afraid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That doesn't lead to that relaxation state that exactly. we were talking about. Um, so, yeah. So, the initial scripting when you, know, when you pick them up, uh, you're introducing yourself, all this stuff, masks don't exactly make it the most friendly although some people feel comforted I guess by masks yeah it depends on the person yeah um but when I get them in their room in the room and I have them sit down I always have them sit down and I try and sit down if I have room to do so you know where we we have a minute to discuss we're not just like you know rushing them onto the table I always say what brings you in for massage today Mm -hmm. what brings you in for the massage today and that might be oh you know you know girl party we're having a weekend at the spa or it could be oh man my shoulder really hurts but you get information from them it's an open-ended question you're getting Uh, well and a lot of times they will while they're talking they may say oh you know it's nothing really but at the same time 
you know, they're touching their shoulder or their hands automatically go to a spot. So in addition, in addition to listening to their words, you have to pay attention to their body language and take cues from that as well. Yeah. And then you can follow up, you know, after that with more detailed information. Um, but you know, if we, as therapists are thinking, what am I saying? And is this getting the response that I want from clients? You know, I use the example of, uh, saying, you know, how are you? I don't like that because then all of a sudden they're like, I'm good. How are you? And then we're talking about me and how I am. And it makes it a social feel to the conversation. Right. Instead of a professional feel. Yeah. So yeah, I like the idea of, of, um, your opening statement. I, I do something similar, you know, we're going to be doing a 60 minute massage. What would you like to focus on in that time? Mm -hmm. What would you, how are you wanting to feel today? Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to put it. Um, I used to, for example, say, uh, what can I do for you today? I've had some weird responses to that, so I don't say that anymore. I, yeah, yeah. You know, one one guy sort of looked at me and gave me the eyebrows, which I was totally not. I was like, whoa, whenever you're doing that again. Yes. Um, I've also had ladies who say, oh, I would like a whole new body, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that, which is just totally not useful for anybody, really. Right. So what what am I saying and what am I getting the response that I want? And like you said, it, it's always nice to have a pre-planned script. Not that you can't go off script, but if you have a set verbiage that you're used to saying, um, and as students, all of these things that you're going to be doing are probably going to be new, and it's all going to sound weird. And because of that, you might be um, a little anxious. You might um, not even wait to <laughs> for the client to respond you know you you're so anxious and it's all so new that you're just kind of asking these questions and you're so focused on the questions you're not listening and you're not paying attention so practicing it and practicing and practicing mm-hmm. saying the words really thinking about what those words mean mm-hmm. and trying it out on different people yeah <laughs> am i getting try it out on your friends like what do you think of when i say this right you know? how do i sound do i sound like i care about you or do i sound like you know, is it too clinical or not? Cl- There's like a jargon thing where you don't want to throw out too much that's confusing, but you also want to sound professional, you know, saying I'm going to bring my hands to your muscles and joints. It sounds different than I'm going to bring my hands to your body. Exactly. It sounds different. Exactly. Um, here, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, and that opening line really sets the stage. Mm-hmm. The phrasing you use in the first few minutes, it's the first impression. So it's going to set the stage for the whole service in, a, in some ways, because it kind of lets the client know that, okay, this person is professional. This person is asking me questions specifically about what I'm there for. And they're hopefully going to give me a massage based on that. So I'm feeling really good now. And I'm excited about my massage because they're listening to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really sets the stage. Yeah, it does. And, you know, some people don't, you know, some people just say, uh, a massage. Like if they're coming in, they have a gift certificate. They've never had a massage before, but that gives you a lot of information as a therapist and you can try to direct, you know, I know that if a person goes, uh, I'm here for a massage, I think then I'm going to have to give them more explanation than I normally would. Right. You know, what parts of the body am I going to be working? You're going to be face. I'll say, okay, I'll just give you a little rundown of what's going to happen. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to leave the room while you get undressed. Yes. That's so important. <laughs> Because they'll start stripping off, you know. Yes, especially at the resort I worked at where all the clients are put into robes. So it's very quick for them to get completely naked because all they're wearing is a robe. So the first thing I say is, okay, we're going to do a consultation and then I'll step out and you can get undressed and get on the table. And then I start, that way they're not undressing while I'm talking because 
once that robe comes off, it's um, yeah, you're <laughs> <that's> not <it. laughs> no longer your your focus is yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes it different for sure, and it sets good boundaries and you know all those things. So I think yeah, getting getting that communication across is so super important. Yes. And then I wanted to bring up the pressure issue. Um, yeah, I think we've talked a little bit about that before, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's one of those things that you know maybe somewhat. Uh, an individual preference Mm -hmm. but there are ways to phrase when you're trying to get client feedback on how much pressure you should use you want to leave it open to the client for them to actually give feedback and not just like this is good right (laughs) yeah if you say uh is the pressure good or something like that you know this is good right you're kind of they're kind of going okay yeah i guess it's all right you know they're not really they don't (laughs) really know what their options are Whereas since I've started forcing myself, because it really was awkward at first, like I was so like, oh, this is so weird. But, you know, I started saying, would you like more or less pressure? So I'll just interrupt, you know, I'll be in the middle of my thing. And the other thing that's important is to work your way into the pressure that you want to be working at before you ask. Yes. Because if you say, you know, in your first two strokes, oh, you know, how's the pressure? And they say it's perfect. And then you then go into your deep tissue. Right. Yeah, if you're just warming the tissue, and I had a lot of clients, I like to work the back of the legs first. It's just mm-hmm. something I started doing, and I don't always do it. It depends on the client, but if I'm doing a full body massage, I'll do the backs of the legs first, and I'm just getting the oil or lotion on, and you know, you're doing all your effleurage and your Swedish, um, not using a ton of pressure. But so I'll have clients at that point say, "You can use more pressure if you want." And like, you know, don't worry, we're going to, we're going to get there. And then, like you said, you kind of have to wait until you get into that specific work where you maybe apply more pressure or using an elbow or something to kind of, um, then you might want to ask, you know, is this pressure the right, you know, do I need to use more or less pressure? Do I need to make adjustments? Um, That's that's my word. Like, let me know if I need to adjust my pressure. Um, If you need more or less. Yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about that. Let me know, not to criticize no, you, I, I but I've been me. thinking about it because yesterday I was giving my mother-in-law a massage, and I just felt like I was doing that constantly. It was like, let me know if you need me to adjust the headrest. Let me know if you need me to, if you need another blanket. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, this whole let me know thing. Like maybe she needs it right then. You know, if I'm like, let me know if you need a tissue. Yeah, it's like, about do that. you need a tissue? Do you need one right now? <laughs> <laughs> so there's something. A little bit different. Well, and I think the way I think about it is I see your point. You know, you're wanting to know, are they needing something right then? But I also want to let them know, and maybe I need to work on my phrasing, like, how is this pressure? And once they, you know, or do I I need to use more or less pressure in this spot? And if they say no, that's good, or yes or no, like, okay, well, if that changes, you know, let me know. Right, could you follow up with, do you need a tissue now? And then... No, let me know if you do. Exactly. Yeah, because right. I think we just have to let them know they can say it at any time. They right. don't have to wait for me to ask. Yeah, that's <laughs> so fair. I think that was kind of my my reasoning behind, you know, let me know. Um, but I probably need to start with, is this enough pressure? Is yeah. this too much pressure? Is, do you need less pressure? Something like that before. And then say, okay, let me know if we, make if a, we, if we need, need to make yeah. adjustments in the yeah. future. Yeah, it's a tough line because you don't want yeah, to be constantly bothering right. them. <laughs> I have had therapists that have done that. It's like every time they get, how's the pressure now? How's the pressure now? How's this pressure? <laughs> and I'm like, just let me be, please. Yeah, you've got to be you're able to calibrate. Me. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be able to calibrate as a therapist. Like, okay, this is equal, equa, just, you know, kind of 
equivalent, I guess would be the right word, uh, pressure. And one of the things that I'm wanting our students to do is do a journal or some, some kind of a journal entry where they're mapping on their, on a picture of a body, how the body feels when they get treatment mm-hmm. and get some words for that. So for example, like if I have trigger points worked on my back, you get that kind of like, yay, candy pain, happy pain, you know, whereas if you're working trigger points in the calves, I feel like it's stabby. It's, it's Or even in the glutes sometimes or across the, the iliac. I feel like in the so glutes, sensitive. it's like bruisey. You know, so there's different... Yeah, I've heard clients tell me that it burns. Right. Um, you know, when you're kind of hitting that nerve, the sciatic nerve that comes through there. So, yeah, I've heard burning. Um, I, I tend to, I find that my my glutes get bruised feeling mm-hmm. a lot more, they're more tender than a lot of other areas. So just getting those words of like, okay, so as a therapist, I know that, you know, I can work maybe more pressure or even just the skin. You know that the skin on the back is um, thicker mm-hmm. physically than skin in say your inner arm or your back of your legs or whatever because yes. you're constantly having you know bra strap or backpack or whatever rubbing on you or chairs yeah or... it's got a little more padding a little more um i don't know what the right word is but it's it's, it's, it's kind of like your hands and feet you know mm-hmm. they kind of develop not calluses but they they develop a layer that is a little bit more resistant to pressure and pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so we have these you know different sensitivities in different areas and also different um, sen- I don't know, sensations, I guess, right. experience of pain or, or pressure. Yeah, um, and I think that kind of ties in uh, with our last podcast. We were talking about peer reviewing. Um, that's a great time to talk about, you know, hey, when I use this stripping on the stripping technique on your calf, how does that feel? As opposed to let's try it on the deltoid or something, you know, to get that feedback, like, okay, that's a different type of pain. It's more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a, another great way to use that peer review process. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings us to another topic, which is clients discussing their own pain or their own uh, perception of their of their tension, those kind mm-hmm. of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can go ahead and give me. We've all had those clients that say, oh my gosh, is this the worst back? Is this the tightest muscle you've ever worked on? And, or they say, I'm just a mess. My client the other day, you know, he said, I was working on him. He's like, my whole body's a mess. I'm just such a mess. And I feel so bad, you know, because one, it kind of makes me feel like he's there for me to fix him Mm -hmm. in 60 minutes. So it's a lot of pressure on the therapist to clean up his mess. (laughs) Yeah, right. Do I not have any enough time to clean up your mess but also that kind of self-talk you know we can say you can say like you said no you're actually you know we right and that's what I told I said you know it's really not that bad you know yes there's some areas of tension here you can feel it when those areas that are sensitive to you those areas are tight um but overall you know if you're you're okay yeah right (laughs) you're okay or you know this is something I I had thought about a lot with documentation too Mm -hmm. where if you can document for a person I had a client in Vancouver who had come to me for I think it was an elbow pain where actually when she first started coming to me it was a lymphatic client we did some myofascial and some other stuff as well um but she had constant elbow pain like Hmm. I it was a nerve issue. I mean, I've had nerve issues in my elbows. We'll talk about that in yeah. our next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, about our own, you know, careers and stuff. But 
you know, and then at some point later, she's like, oh, I just am never better, you know. And I'm looking back at her notes. I'm like, you know, you were in constant daily elbow pain when you came in. And now you're complaining about a new ankle pain that came up just the other day. So this is not, first of all, your new ankle pain is not chronic yet. So we can adjust it and help it. Mm -hmm. And second of all, you have had a problem fixed. I mean, you've had a change that happened. So can we actually acknowledge that and celebrate it? And I know it's hard to celebrate those wins, but. Well, especially if they're still having pain occasionally, but like you said, if it went from just in such pain every day to, you know, it bothers me if I've been out working in the yard, you mm-hmm. know, but other than that, it's fine. Yeah. Or and if, if, you know, it was, oh, I can't even pick up my daughter at all Right. to now, you know, occasionally it hurts when I'm using a screwdriver or whatever, you know, if you've had a change in, in the, your daily activities and those mm-hmm. kind of things. And you're going to find out that information you know, in your consultation, especially if it's an ongoing client, you're like, okay, you know, you're, we've been working on the elbow. How's it feeling? How's it been feeling for you? Are you still having that pain? Are you having it as often? Are you having it? Is it as severe? Um, if you're keeping track of some type, some sort of pain scale, you know, document it. Like you said, it's, those notes are so helpful because you're not going to remember every client that's on your table. So it's a great way to, read over your notes from your last session and write them down while it's fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when yeah. you leave the room after the consultation, make a quick note and then go back and, and fill it in later, but just write down the highlights yeah. and uh, then maybe go back and say, okay, this is what I actually found. There was this, there was that, and this is what we did. And this is what I think I always like to write down. What should we do next time? Do we need to continue working on this or did we find another area or did we get some relief you know, and next time maybe I want to spend more time here or something like that, just so I know, because I'm going to forget. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That brings me to an interesting idea. I hadn't really thought of it before. Um, Whereas if you are getting someone, you know, I've worked at chiropractic offices where they'll do like a little circle of happy face, kind of do a pain scale every time they visit. And if we could do a little chart for them or graph or something visual that they could see, where it was like, oh, when you first started coming in, it was like this. And then, it, you know, now it's like this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a podcast I posted on our Facebook page a while ago from the thinking practitioner where they talk about expect- expectations of the client and their mindset, how it actually affects their healing, right? If they're um, expecting to get better, if they can see that they're getting better, all these things, if we can improve their mindset, their body will actually respond to that. Yes. You know. Well, and they're going to continue to come back. They're going to continue paying for the services. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of maybe getting a little bit off language, but um, but I do want to say this really quickly. I did have an experience where my brother-in-law, um, him and his wife used to go get massages all the time. And he said that just wasn't doing anything. You know, they were going once a month and it just didn't seem to be helping. And so I think whatever his therapist was telling him, you know, I don't know what she promised him, what she what she what kind of expectations she gave him but you know it's um massage is is like exercise you can't do it one time and get results Mm -hmm. you know it's something you have to do it has to become a routine it has to become part of your life yeah and um this is where using your language so it does kind of tie back in using your language especially if it's a new client that's coming to you use that language to set them up so that they're not disappointed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, what are you promising them? Right. And 
are you doing some continuation? It's interesting because, you know, you don't want to come across as too salesy. If somebody says, oh my God, you have so much work to do, you know, those kind of things, or, or you, we got to see you again because of this or that, like the way that you say it, you know, is, is important to not make it seem negative, but also saying, you know, I have a chiropractor now who's totally wonderful, love going to her. Um, but she doesn't say, oh, I want to see you on Friday. She doesn't resell me. Mm-hmm. And I'm used to that with chiropractors. They usually say, oh, I want to see you three times a week for three weeks or yes. whatever. You know, they're really aggressive about sales, but because they, you need to have a repeat treatment in order to get any results. Mm-hmm. Whereas my, you know, my chiropractor now, she treats me and she sort of said the first time I said, oh, you know, I'm an advocate for, for constant or consistent tre- treatment. But she didn't really say, you know, I want to see you in two weeks or I want to see you in three days or whatever it was. And, you know, part of that, I mean, it was like, then it was my responsibility. And I get it. You don't want to pressure the person to feel financial pressure, but also, you know, people may not know how much to come in or, right. you know, feel taken care of, feel that you want me to come back and, and get a response from you. Yeah. And I think there is a fine line between being aggressive, like you've got to get in here. We're never going to get you fixed. We're never, you're never going to get done with this. You're going to constantly be in pain. If you don't see me once a week, I don't care how much it costs. You've got to come see me. (laughs) (laughs) That's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, you've got those aggressive people like you're in really bad shape. You need to come every week to the people who are like, okay, well, you know, see you when I see you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think you you want some involvement where, you know, I think we could really get, and I, and I say this to people, you know, if you, if you're able to come in in a week or two, we can keep some momentum going. Right. And that's exactly, I was going to say, that's what I tell my clients. I've had clients ask me, how often do I need to do this? And I say, you know, I recommend every four to six weeks just for maintenance Mm -hmm. on the body. But if you have issues you want to work on, if you've had an injury or you've had, you have a lot of stress in your life, whether it's emotional, physical, depending on what they do for a living, you know, I will recommend Honestly, you know, if you're only wanting 60 minutes, I really would love to see you, like you said, every two weeks just so that we can, we're not starting from scratch every time. Yeah. You know, or, we can you make know, a some... couple of, a couple of treatments in a row, mm-hmm. make some progress and then we can stretch it out. Right. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that is that fine line of educating them on what you would recommend. And I, I always also say to them, whatever you can afford time-wise and financially, mm-hmm. you know, the more you can do it, obviously the better, mm-hmm. but if you can only afford to come every two months, it's, you know, do what you can do. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was a little different in Vancouver where a lot of people were paying through insurance, uh, but we did have, you know, people with the lymphatic clinic where you really sometimes need three treatment days in a row or three treatments in a week, like a chiropractic, right? you know, to get that momentum going. So if somebody has had a concussion and they're recovering from a concussion or if they're getting ready to take, do a surgery or something like that, I would say, honestly, if you can come in three days before your surgery, your body's going to be so like ready to tackle any new invaders coming in. You know, mm-hmm. your immune system is going to be on point at that time. And, you know, if you can plan that ahead of time, you're going to have a way faster recovery. Exactly. You know? So if we can sell somebody on, obviously you don't want to guarantee, but, you know, we've seen really good results from this XYZ. Right. And I think, like you said, saying, you know, you're going to be better off doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to completely take care of the problem. It's not going to eliminate it, but you will be better off. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's not, it's certainly not going to hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
my colleague posted a thing on her Instagram that said, uh, if you listen to your body whisper, you won't have to hear it scream. Exactly. You know that, you get that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, let's... I know. Kind of back on, you know, so when Boing. the clients talk are talking about their, their bodies that way, you know, they're a mess. Aren't I the tightest? Aren't I the worst? You know, we don't want to dismiss them because they're feeling, they're feeling like that. They honestly feel like they are a mess, you know, and maybe they do have a lot of stress going on in their life. Um, especially right now, you know, the last year with everything going on, everybody's got so many things they're worried about financially and health wise. And so you don't want to dismiss it, but you have to turn it around and and make it, um, something that they can think positively about. And that way they'll associate you with a positive feeling and Mm -hmm. feeling good about themselves. Like, you know, it's really not that bad. I think we're getting a lot of movement and I'm actually getting these muscles to relax and I'm getting these adhesions to release. Yeah. So if you can tell them, sure, things aren't great, but you know, we're, we're making progress. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I use the term, you know, if somebody says, Oh, am I just the tightest or is, you know, is are my shoulders just the most tight you've ever felt? And you're just going to go, you know, I just say there's some tension there, mm-hmm. you know, but we did have some, yeah, we did have right. a, a acknowledge relaxation. it, you know, you yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm, no, you're not, you're not bad. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's funny because those people are the least yes. tense, you know, so, or not the least, but you know, sometimes really the people who bad. are very tense don't know that they're tense, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're holding so tightly that they have no awareness. Well, of they've had it for so long. They don't know what it's like to be relaxed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. the whole thing is getting them to breathe into things and relax and right and um this is sort of off topic but part of the thing I've been doing recently is a lot of like sort of counter strain where when I have them supine and I'll I'll kind of tuck their shoulders almost up so that they are shrugged but in a relaxed way so mm-hmm. that their muscles don't have to be constantly pulled and tightened and real you know trying to get them to relax a little bit and and if you can you know communicate to them certain things like oh you feel did you feel that relaxed did mm-hmm. you feel that um did you feel that drop did you feel that arm getting heavy or did you feel your breath going here you know those kind of things where you can bring their awareness to it is is valuable i think so too i think um i, I was going to make that point you know i had a client on the table the other day and um he when i turned him over in the supine position you know i said do you and he, he's the one that was talking about how much of a mess he was. Right. He was just, his body was a mess. He was a mess. And I said, do you see, I said, can you feel how one shoulder is relaxed onto the table and one shoulder's not after I worked that side? I said, mm-hmm. can you feel that difference? And, and I kind of did my arms across his shoulders and kind of brought it up to his neck to show how one was so much higher. I said, you know, we just worked on this arm. Can you see how much more relaxed that is than this side? I said, so now let's work on this one and see if we can't get that one to also relax. And I think that's so important if you can show them that, you know what, they are capable of relaxing Mm -hmm. and they might feel like a mess, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard, it kind of brought up a memory I had of a student who had said, you know, that she had had chiropractic when she was a kid and um, she was like, yeah, I had a really stressful childhood, so, you know, I had to have a lot of chiropractic. And I was like, well, wasn't it nice that somebody was willing to take you to chiropractic? You know what I mean? Like, see it as, oh, you know, you may be having a really hard time. You you may be, you know, you may have these injuries, and that may be emotional for you. But you're doing a great thing by even coming for treatment. You know, exactly. That's, I had so many clients that are in their 
late teens and early 20s. And I'm like, you know, I wish I would, had been getting massage and, and treatment at that age. Mm-hmm. I think my first massage, I was 26. So when I got right. my first massage. Right. So even though I was kind of doing it, um, not professionally, but, you know, in my private life, I was doing massage and things and I didn't know what I was doing. But um, I didn't get my first massage until I was 26. So I just think, you know, I tell them, yeah, you're doing a great thing just by starting this routine at such an early age you're yeah. doing your body a service yeah yeah you're doing a great thing by coming here this is your time mm-hmm. you know, this is your this is your self-care time you're here right yay yes. you know <laughs> great yes and I think that's something too you know we need to point out to them is that um sometimes just taking that time for yourself has some psychological benefits I'm, I don't know if there's any studies on that on, I'm sure there are I'm yeah. sure there are but I've not looked at any um, to find out exactly what it is, but it's kind of like going shopping or going to get your hair done. Yeah. It's just, it may be temporary, but it's that little bit of feeling like, oh, I'm doing something nice for myself and this feels good. Yeah. Yeah. And to make that, that, uh, make that, you know, obvious to them. Right. You don't want to turn that into a negative situation by saying, oh my gosh, you are just a brick wall. I can't even make any progress. I mean, you're going to have to come back and see me because you're off. You're a mess. <laughs> yes. And that brings me to, I wanted to bring up some negative examples. You know, I have, um, massage therapists I've worked with or worked with in different, um, yeah, different locations who, who will say that, you know, oh man, you need a lot of work. And, or <laughs> a colleague that I have worked with in the past where, you know, she'll do the treatment on me. We're doing an exchange or something. We'll do the treatment on me. And then somebody will ask me, Ooh, how was it? And I'm like, Oh good. I feel relaxed. And she'll go, Oh man, she still needs work. And you're like, what? You just ruined my, you know, yeah, now my, I'm self-conscious about enjoying know. my, yeah. Do I not do I have so much tension that I'm not aware of, you know, right. I'm sure that I do, but do you have to ruin my buzz? You know, it would be a buzzkill. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, um, it, it's almost to me, it's, um, and maybe, I don't know how clients feel about it, but it's almost, you know, like you're shaming them, like, you know, oh, you are so bad off. You know, I, I really hurt myself working on you. <laughs> yeah. Then I feel bad for the therapist and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm maybe I just won't get work, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe I won't come see you. <laughs> or, and then, or you're afraid to ask for the work that you're getting. Right. You know, like, Hey, I need work here, but I don't want you to hurt yourself. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of embarrassed about, um, like there's an area of my my right side where I just know I mean I have a rib that comes out there I've been holding my baby and nursing my baby and all this stuff and it's like I just know it's a wreck but uh see that's good language right yeah <laughs> that I'm using about myself yeah but yeah like part We're of me wants of that. <laughs> yeah part of me is like oh man I don't want them to see how bad I am you know and so but then that's, but that's what we're here for yeah I tell my clients when they're like I'm sorry you have to work on me today I'm you know, I've just had this going on and that going on. And I said, you know, that's what I'm here for. It's job security. Yeah, really. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, you'd be thankful that they have issues that they need to come see you for. But the goal is to <laughs> relieve some of those better. issues. Yeah. And, make and they'll prefer someone else to replace them. How's yes. that? You know? Well, and, and, you know, then you get them on the maintenance and you don't have to work as hard. You know, yeah. you can do a little more of the relaxation stuff with just a few little yeah. hits here and there. Yeah. To, not as hard on your body for sure right and emotionally you know if you're not having people who are constantly worked up yes it's it's helpful um to to be a therapist 
Yeah. Um, now I have had clients um, who need a lot of work and they'll book a 30 minute massage mm -hmm. and <laughs> yeah you try and then you can explain you know there's just a limit to what I can do with 30 minutes exactly and I, I have to tell them you know if we're only going to do 30 minutes I would really love to see you about every three or four days right you know if you'd like to come in for a 60 minute we could maybe do one every one to two weeks but with just 30 minutes to yeah to or I can only really work on one area and you're not going to get the full Exactly. There's, I mean, you don't want to sound super negative, but you know, there's certain things where you just kind of. Well, again, you're setting things. up the expectations. You don't want to tell them, oh yeah, we can take care of this. And in 30 minutes, they're really not getting into that, that zone that we talked about in a previous podcast of, of that relaxation zone where they can let go and they're not subcon they're not self-conscious about their body or self-conscious about their tension or whatever else, whatever other insecurities they might have where they can let go. So in 30 minutes, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. can provide a little relief. Um, but uh, that's where I, again, educate your clients, set their expectations so that they're not disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's valuable. Um, before we go here, I wanted to add a negative story about talking. I might end up I might end up editing it, so we'll see whether it fits or not. Okay. But um, I just wanted to tell a little story about kind of, you know, language about, about bodies and all this stuff, um, where it was many years ago, and I was seeing a rolfer in uh, Vancouver, and, you know, he was doing really aggressive work. He was an old-school rolfer, and I was thinking about becoming a rolfer, so I was doing my 10 sessions with him. And honestly, I would not have gone back except for that for some reason I felt pressured because the 10, you're supposed to do 10, you know, of these 90 minute, very expensive and super painful. I mean, really, you know, ripping your skin. You know? <laughs> like now the rolfing is not so bad. And I've had other female rolfers who were a lot more gentle. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, I've heard some horror stories about rolfing. <laughs> <laughs> it was really aggressive. And he was working my abdomen and it just felt like ripping. And I was like crying and he's working. And he looks at me and he goes, does this remind you of something? Like I was suffering from abuse or whatever. And it's like, that was his implication. And I was, I was shocked, not because, I mean, just because I didn't feel comfortable with him. I didn't really want to be there. I was in super amount of pain. Like maybe my crying was the fact that you're like literally ripping my skin to the point where I have bruising after a treatment. Yeah. It has nothing to do with prior experiences. <laughs> yeah. And it's, a, so it was, it was like a part of it was his intrusion on what I wanted from him, which was a physical treatment. And the fact that he wasn't paying attention at all to the fact that I was physically in pain and didn't seem to think that was important. Well, and then to make to imply that the reason you're in pain my is, fault. is an emotional pain and not nothing to do with what's happening at that moment. And he could have, and maybe he, I don't know. I don't. You're a bit <laughs> I don't shocked. Know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shocked here that he would just immediately go to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's certain people that I think they think everybody has certain right um we might have to, to have the a whole podcast yeah, about emotional may, yeah, we'll release to, yes we may have to, to segue into that for another podcast but yeah so just he could have worded that assumption. way even if that's what he was thinking yeah there was a way he could have worded that you know he could have checked in with you to see if you're okay you know is there do i need he to never see? once asked me about the pressure or anything like that because it 
I mean, and I have, it's funny because I learned deep tissue from a rolfer, mm-hmm. and people in my class would always ask. It was kind of a cliche. And he would say, "How much pressure are you using?" He was like, "There's some pressure, yeah." He was a German guy, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is some pressure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but he would. Somebody would say, "And what would you do if somebody couldn't handle the pressure?" And go, "You could use less pressure. I mean, you could." You could always use less pressure. Definitely. You're, just, you're maybe not going to get quite to that deep layer, but you're still doing something. Exactly. So I, I think to assume that it was emotional. So yeah, I think we'll have to transition into a, a different podcast for emotional release in general. But yes. The idea that may, don't make a comment about their body, about a, something you're assuming. Right. I don't think that's, you know, you know I've, I've also had been uh with colleagues who I worked with for a very short time because I felt very uncomfortable there with the person who would say oh yeah I have a lot of body uh I have a lot of sexy clients and I work on their butts you know it's like things like this where this is a male client a male therapist Hmm. um and I was totally uncomfortable right and if you if you were to trade out with him you're going to be thinking Uh is he looking at my butt and wondering if it's sexy or thinking is it sexy is it not sexy that's not yeah so not to bring it too down at the end, but yeah, you know, we talked a lot about positive language and how we can use even subtle things to shape it. But there's really obvious things too, where it's like, don't make judgments about their body. Right. No judgment, no shaming. It doesn't do anybody any good. You're going to make that client feel bad about themselves and they're going to associate you Mm. and massage with that bad feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're better off to acknowledge that, okay, there are issues, but you know what? It's nothing we can't work through and we're going to continue to work on it and and um use some positive language instead of negative (laughs) because we want people to like massage we want people to enjoy getting a massage and you want them to come back to you Mm -hmm. so always be positive about it try to find something positive right there's always something you can say yeah setting their expectations for positive we talked about the the idea right before the podcast that you can say, you know, if they've got a condition that is a chronic condition and they'll say, oh, my, for example, my tendonitis in my wrist, I've had um, a physical therapist say, well, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. And, you know, could you say, you know, I've seen people recover. I've seen positive, positive results. You know, you know, we, we can't cure it, but we can, we can maintain it. We can, um, I don't know if maintain is the right word. There's another word I can't think of at the moment. We can treat it and we can control the pain. Mm-hmm. We can keep as much flexibility as possible. We can keep you moving and living. And even if it never is cured, mm-hmm. because you're always going to have a median nerve, you're always going to. Yeah, gonna, right. <laughs> you know, so it's not going to go away, but we can definitely make it to where it's not going to be a negative impact on your life. Yeah, yeah. So trying to always keep our language both professional in our scope of practice and mm-hmm. um, positive as much as we can. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, it's okay to tell a client, you know, let's try this for a few weeks. And if we're not getting any relief, you're not feeling any better, it might be time to see another type of professional, whether mm-hmm. it's a chiropractor, whether it's an orthopedic, whether it's an internal medicine, whatever it is that you feel like, you know, you can refer them to someone else. And yeah. then... And you can trust... Trust the process that they're going to then feel positively about you. Exactly. You know, and refer other people. You don't have to cling to your clients. Yes, and make them feel like they need you and they have to come to you. Yeah. yeah. So, don't yeah. scare just, them. I know, I know. I hate to bring it down at the end, but just the idea that, you know, using your using your words for good, like you yes. said, for good rather than for ill, you know. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Mitzi. Thank you. Well, that's it for today on the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. If you want to find out more about our training programs or continuing education, please visit our website at www.oconeemassageschool.com. We hope to see you next week for more massage therapy conversations.